Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, hey, good morning, everyone. For those of you watching, good morning. I'm so excited to see everyone here. I see some friendly faces. I see some people that I haven't met just yet. And so I want to start off this morning by saying, if you are new here or if you're watching online, you may notice that I am not our lead pastor. Our lead pastor, Dominic Insinius, he is with his family. His sister got married, so they are taking a break. And so we're excited when they get a chance to do that. And if you've been around for a while, maybe you noticed I'm not Dom, probably because I'm not wearing vans. That was the giveaway, right? So I'm going to be spending today with you, and I'm excited about it. We have been in this message series called Wish You Were Here. And if you're not familiar with how we do message series here at The Heart, basically what we do is we take an idea and we explore that idea through a series of messages. We look at the concepts, we look at the essence of the overall message, and we look at how that applies not only to our life and our faith, but to us as well. So that's what we've been doing here for the last couple of weeks. The first week, Dom introed the message, and the second week, uh, Dom talked about how comparison can put us in this space of ungratefulness. You've never compared yourself to anyone, right? Yeah, I have. Um, That was week two, and then last week, Dom talked about how when we are in a community, we can lean into and trust the advice of the people around us. And he shared that he loves unsolicited advice, so I'll give you his number after, and you can just text him a, a bunch of advice, tell him what to do, he'll love that. I'm just kidding if you're watching. So for today, in our, our fourth week, what I want to do with you this morning and is I want to explore this idea of the space between. So the space between where we are right now and where we want to be. Sometimes we might look at that as a a gap in time or a valley or maybe a gap in um, our character or what we're capable of. And so that's what I want to look at for the next 25 minutes or so. And what I want to tell you with that is what I'm discovering with this space between is it seems to narrow and soften when things are good, and then it seems to widen and harden in the times where life feels a little bit difficult. And we're going to look at a story um, in the book of Genesis. It's actually last week, Dom talked about the first part of Genesis. So we're going to look in a story in the second part of Genesis and what that means. And so through this story, I'm going to give you a... uh, a hint of what it's all about. It's that that space is oftentimes continuous. We find ourselves there through dips and bends of life and through different seasons of what we're going through. And so I've learned so much through this particular story and I was able to look at it and study it in a way that I had not done before. Before we dig in this, let's pray though. Pray with me. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for the people here and the people watching online. God, I pray that just over the next few minutes, you would still our hearts. God, that you would allow your presence to be so powerful. We can hear your word through this message. We can hear what you have for us individually, for our families, for our faith, for our journey. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
So I am currently in the, ho the process of being under contract for house. And I'm kind of oscillating between being excited and terrified, hopeful and terrified and terrified and terrified. It, it looks a little bit like this picture. This is what it looks like buying a house. Nope, not that one. Next. <laughs> Act like you didn't see that. This one, right? So I don't know which way to turn. I mean, I've got the lender sending me paperwork. I don't even know what I'm signing. I've got Eric trying to sell me insurance, which I will buy from you. So I just, I don't know. Buying a house is so confusing. But growing up, I always lived in... Um, the, the rough neighborhoods, like really, really rough. Don't feel sorry for me. I could probably fight any dude in here from the uh, tools that I learned from that. But I, I remember when I was little, I was just like, man, I just want to work so hard that one day I want to be able to buy my own house and I want to be able to provide for my family. That was like the space where I was when I was very, very little and what I saw for my future, right? And so I've been spending kind of the last couple of months of working myself out of debt and now I'm under contract for this house and every time I get an email, I just kind of close the laptop and I'm like, not today, Satan. We're not going to look at that. It has nothing to do with the people that I'm working at. Dom's actually my realtor, smtxhomes.com. I got you. He's great. But it's just a tedious process. And I don't know what my next best step is. It's scary. And so, you know, in that moment, sometimes it can be nerve-wracking of knowing what to do or, like, how do I fit into this space? It's, it's so unfamiliar. And so what we're going to talk about in a minute is actually, I wrote a note for you. It's this. Our perspective of the space between will determine our progress while in it. And like I shared with you, honestly, I don't like the responsibility. But what I'm learning is it's my responsibility to see what perspective I'm going to have in this moment. There was this quote that I uh, picked up, and I wrote it down here so I wouldn't forget. It's not on the screen. Um, I'll text it to you later. It says, I am learning every day to allow the space between where I am and where I want to be to inspire me and not terrify me. That's what I'm going to hope for you and I today. And I don't know if you can resonate with my personal story of buying a home, hopefully not, or hopefully you've already gone through it and you can give me some tips, but there's something in your life, be it your professional life, your relationships, your faith, where you feel as if you're not quite where you wanna be. And maybe you can see in the distance, you know where you're going, but there seems to be this gap before you can get there. And something that I have struggled with my whole life is I have thought maybe something or someone will help me close that gap. Someone's going to come along on the way and they're going to show me just how do I close this gap in my relationships or in my finances or whatever it may be. Oftentimes you might hear it, there's nothing wrong with this phrase, but maybe you'll hear it's all in God's timing. Have you ever heard that or said it? You don't have to say amen. You can just look amen at me. I can see your eyes. So with that, here's what I want to share with you. We are right now in a space where we have the self-control and the power to operate here and wherever you want to go. A couple of months back, we, um, we were in this message series where we explored a particular scripture, and it was all about the fruit of the Spirit. 
So that word spirit, and I highly recommend, go back and uh, watch it. You can catch it on podcasts or it's on YouTube. But in that particular scripture, what we explored is how Jesus left us with a partner called the Holy Spirit. And that word, Holy Spirit, it's essentially the, the wind or the breath of God here on earth with us. And in that scripture, here's how I know we have the power to operate right here in this space. And we don't have to wait. Because this scripture is in Galatians 5, and it's verse 22 through 23. I'm going to read it for us. And it says this. Whoop, I'll need that later. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength in spirit. And some of the other translations say self-control. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Sometimes we're waiting on these things or these qualities that God has already embedded deep inside of us and given us to be able to take action on the things in our lives where we feel like maybe we're far off. So that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at not necessarily the space between, but I want to look at how we can choose to operate within that particular space. And this story of Joseph, when I said that we were going to look at it in a bit of a different way, we are. Um, so you're going to have to stick with me because it, it might be a familiar story to you, but it's going to take me a little bit to try to explain what I have been studying over the last few weeks. One of the things that you're going to learn through this story and that I hope we can leave with today, I wrote it down for you as well, is that we can never give up something that we want most for something that we want now. I've done that so many times in my life. I've given up what I want most for something that I want now. Hence, a couple of months ago when I decided I was gonna get out of debt, right? And so I was like, oh, but Kai really needs these, uh, these shoes. Or, oh, I really, you know, I probably need a new planner. I have 37 that I've written in that I never use, but maybe I need that planner, and maybe that money doesn't really need to be thrown towards debt. I have done that, and that's in a lighthearted way, but I'm sure there are far other, more things that I have done um, that could give you a good picture of what that looks like. So we're going to go ahead and dig into this story, and I want to I talk you through this here just a little bit before we get too deep into the story. So we're going to look at the Old Testament. The first 11 chapters, Dom talked last week about Adam and Eve, and so that's in this first part, humanity coming to earth, God walking with them, okay? Now within those first 11 chapters, what happens is from the point of Eve, humanity just starts to spiral. They're out of control, wild, and basically um, they come to Babylon where all the people begin to spread out. Everything's a disarray. So God decides that through a lineage, 42 generations, he's going to restore humanity. Gets to the point, spoiler alert, with Jesus. He's the final lineage, right, where he dies for, for humanity. 
And throughout that time, there are a couple of people that maybe you've heard of. There's Abraham, um, father of many sons. If you went to Sunday school, you can probably hear the song in your head. And if you didn't, you're probably not missing out on too, too much because it just keeps going. So there's Abraham, and then there is someone named Jacob who wrestles with God. His name is then turned into Israel, and he has 12 sons. And the 11th son is his favorite. The 11th son, Joseph, is the golden child. And if you have siblings, you're thinking in your head of who the golden child is in your family. And if you're thinking to yourself, I, don't, I have siblings, but that's, we don't have that. It's you. Spoiler alert. So the golden child was um, Jacob Israel, it was his favorite son. Uh, he had four wives, and Rachel was his favorite. And so Joseph was born from Rachel, and he just let everyone know this was his favorite son. He got a super cool color of uh, coat of colors, like the most bomb bomber. How old is this girl, bomber? You know what I'm talking about. So he um, was just favored constantly. This is the, the golden child in my family. His name is Harley. This is my little brother. You've already seen him. And um, man, he's just such a cool kid. Like he's played professional rugby for the Olympic team. He got all straight A's through high school and college. And so we've just accepted that Harley is the golden child. In fact, my dad, when naming him, so my dad really wanted a Harley his whole life. And so when he had Harley, he had not had an actual motorcycle. So he named him Harley after his favorite thing. So it was, it was destined, but I'm not jealous. We just leverage it. So like last time I was there, he was, this was a long time ago, he was graduating from high school and it was wild. There were just like these girls bringing gifts to the, uh, to the front door. I'm not kidding. And so I was like, oh, I'll take that and looking through the bag. So um, just me and my brothers and my sister, we just leverage Harley. So anyways, Joseph is the golden child of the bunch. And throughout his life, what we see is this theme of him being favored by God. He has a special gift. He has a, um, a godly gift of being able to interpret dreams. And he has this dream, he's um, tending to a flock of sheep. He has this dream basically about his brothers, his family bowing to him. And the brothers didn't like this. So they made this plan that they were going to kill Joseph. And so they took him out far away. They didn't end up killing him. They actually um, sent him, he, they sold him to slavery. And so he went from this promised land and this promise that God had over his life, that he would be an interpreter of dreams, that he would uh, be in this lineage that was going to restore humanity and bring about the, you know, the Messiah, the Messianic King. And then he was sold into slavery in the land of Egypt. And in this land, what we often hear about this character, Joseph, is that he stayed faithful to God. He operated out of integrity, and he worked hard, and he stayed faithful. And that was true, but it's not the point of the story. So anyways, he's in um, slavery, but he works really hard, and he gets promoted. And so now he's kind of in this position where he is um, helping to facilitate all of these tasks, and he's making it into the Pharaoh's home, and um, he's like second in command to a guard. And then all of a sudden, the, one of the people in command, his wife, took a liking to Joseph. 
and she was trying to lure him in, all kinds of thirst traps on Instagram. But he wasn't having it. She lied to the king. He got thrown back in prison. And so in prison, if it were me, I would be like, this is a mess. I'm probably going to give up at this point. My family has disowned me. They sold me to slavery. I'm ending up in prison for something I didn't even do. And he doesn't do that. He keeps faithful. He keeps interpreting dreams. Eventually, he makes it out of prison and into the Pharaoh's home. He becomes second in command. And so throughout that entire time, God is still favoring him. He's still operating within faithfulness. Do you see this? He's in this wild space between, but it didn't shift his identity. That's what we're going to get to in just a moment. And so the story goes on to where um, he ends up having a couple more dreams. He interprets some dreams. He saves the whole people from the famine through these dreams. He marries a pagan woman, and he has two sons. And here's where it gets really interesting. So of his two sons, the first one that is born, his name is Manasseh. And Manasseh means, for God has made me forget all my turmoil. It means I let it go. The second son, whose name is also Hebrew, Hebrew, is even more powerful. It means, for God has caused me to be faithful in the land of my affliction. In this story, we don't notice Joseph identifying himself with this time he has spent in Egypt. He doesn't identify himself as an Egyptian. He's even given an Egyptian name, but that's not what he identifies himself as. He doesn't name his children from this country that he's been in. He names his children through this covenant that he made with God, through this identity that's been placed in him. He's not waiting on anyone or something to save him. He's saying, right now, I'm going to control what I can control. Where in your life are you feeling out of control? Where in your life are you waiting for something else to happen? You don't have to wait. God has put all of these gifts right inside of you, just like we had with Joseph. You can take a step. Maybe it's a, a small step. Maybe it's a really large step, but it's a step. And I'm reminded of that through this scripture. I'm going to read it, and we're going to come back to Joseph. It's in Romans 8, 18, and it says this. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present hard times and the coming good times. The created world itself can hardly wait for what's coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns in it until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious time ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. We're not home yet. We're going to be in a constant space between. It's how we choose to operate in that space that determines the depth of our relationships, that determines the width of our faith, that determines where we are spending our time. Probably the promised land is going to look a little something like San Marcos, right? 
Matt, there's going to be a river there for sure. But through this story, I just, it was a simple message of being reminded of why, why do I feel like I can get caught up in this space between when that's going to be my reality. And it's not the space between that will hold me back. The only thing that really is going to hold me back is me. Because the truth is, we're going to have circumstances all the time, right? So like, right now, I shared that I was under contract for this house. And so I am, and I do often ignore it because I don't know what I'm doing, to be honest with you. But what I did not too long ago is I just bought some pictures that I want to be able to hang on my wall. And I know that sounds very insignificant, but for me, mentally, I am prepping myself to be where I want to be. In your job, are you waiting for that promotion? Are you waiting for the impact that you know down the road, when I get here, someday I'll be able to X, Y, and Z? Operate that way now. Operate now as who you see yourself to be in the future. God will use that. God used Joseph to save an entire nation. And I'm not talking about Egypt. I'm not talking about Egypt at all. Joseph was a part of a lineage. And if you dig into this story, what you find is there is one of the brothers, his name is Judah. And at the end, what happens is the brothers come to Egypt and they're looking for food. And Judah steps himself in front of everyone else because Joseph was testing the brothers. He was going to put the youngest brother into slavery. Judah stepped up and said, no, take me because it will kill my father if you take Benjamin, who was the other favorite son. So Judah steps up. If Judah wasn't there, if his life wasn't spared, David's life wouldn't have been spared. David and Goliath, that guy. And eventually, Jesus wouldn't have been here, likely through a different way, but stick with the story. So there was this whole purpose that had nothing to do with Joseph being successful. This isn't a materialistic, encouraging story just about Joseph being in a space where he was faithful and then look at him becoming victorious. No, that's a story about Joseph standing in his identity and saying, I can't control everything around me, but I can control who I know I am and who God says I am and what steps I can take right here, right now. We cannot wait for our life to be in the very next phase because we're living it right now. Yeah? So I want to I wanna leave you with a challenge. And sometimes whenever we think through Maybe, maybe you don't, but I do. When I think through even the small steps of what can I do next, it feels very daunting to me, very, very daunting. And I don't know if you're a note taker or if you are someone that likes to journal, but here's what I've been doing and here's what I'm gonna recommend you to do as well. Write down that one area of your life where you feel like you're ready. You're ready for a step. You don't know which way that step's going to go, but you know that you're ready. Write that down. And below it, just write down what is your next best step. One thing. 
one very, very small thing. I wrote this down for you too. It is in the space between that we integrate all that has happened for us, not to us. All that has happened for us, everything we're experiencing, and what we desire to create. That's the place where resilience and possibility and opportunity live. It's right there in our choices. And so that's what I'm going to encourage you to do today and what I am going to challenge you do, to do today. So I'm going to have you bow your head. We're going to take a long challenge. And no one is going to have their, their eyes open, but I'm going to ask you to also raise your hand if you want to accept it. So you, will you uh, bow your head for me? So here's the challenge. Where in your life do you wish you were somewhere different? Where in your life are you waiting for the if this, then that? What is one thing you can choose to do in this space to take action? So with every head bowed, every eyes closed, if you're ready to walk through this space boldly, to partner with God in this moment, to partner with your community and move forward, will you just raise your hand for me? Awesome. I'm going to pray for us. Father, creator, to the God who says that we have the power to take a step right now. To the Father who says, I am with you, I go before you. Lord, I pray boldly that we would wait no more between the no longer and the not yet, God, that we would allow your presence to propel us where we feel stuck, where we feel paralyzed. Just one step, God. One step in realizing that you're right there, you're right beside us. You've given us the fruit of the Spirit. You've given us patience. You've given us self-control. You've designed us to be exactly who you know we are walking towards being. Let us operate in that and as that person. Today, tomorrow, yesterday, and forevermore. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, we like to say you don't have to go to church here to go to church here. That means you are already part of the community just by listening to the message today. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who may benefit from it. We would love to be a part of your journey of faith. Please visit us online at www.theheart.church forward slash next to see what your next step may be. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we would like to invite you to visit us in person this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how your relationships grow and how your faith grows. Mm -hmm.